0: So we've been looking at this idea in 2014 that God wants us to shift, not necessarily shift houses or something like that, but he wants us to ask the question, Lord, what do you want me to change in my life this year? What do you want me to be? What do you want to be different? How do you want me to be different? And that could impact any part of our life. But if we keep asking that question, I can guarantee you that God is going to ask you to move somehow, some way. You won't be the same. And when God moves us, we've got to believe it's for the best purposes. There's always reason behind what God asks us to do. And if he calls us to shift countries and serve somewhere else or shift jobs or whatever it is, you've got to believe that God's got good things ahead. And there's reason why God asks us to shift. And we've been looking at um, a series called The Other Side of Normal which is really the kingdom of God taking us to a place where we live in this world. Physically, we're part of this world, this culture, Australia, but we don't live as part of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. So we're radically different because the message of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, has impacted our hearts, impacted our heads in such a way that we're not the same anymore. We don't think the same. We don't believe the same. We don't act the same. We don't talk the same. Nothing's the same. We've been turned upside down. We've been radically transformed. That's the language of the Bible, not my language. Jesus said you must be transformed. You must be converted. You must be born again. It's all language about an incredible shift in thinking and a shift in heart. Once you had a heart of stone, now you have a heart of flesh. Once you had a mind that was darkened, now you have a mind that's enlightened. And so everything is changed, should be changed. We should be radically different. When people talk to us, they should be worried about what we say and think because it won't line up with what they say and think because we are not of this world. We're of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus came he and he started to preach that message, but it didn't gel with a lot of people. It actually didn't make sense to a lot of people because their heads and their hearts weren't ready. Once when John's disciples and the Pharisees, they're the religious leaders were fasting Some people came to Jesus and asked Jesus, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? And Jesus replied, do the wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them, but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with a new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. So someone comes and queries Jesus. Jesus, why don't your disciples fast? And why, why don't you fast like these guys? And Jesus didn't even address that issue. On his radar, it wasn't even important. He stepped back and he said, you guys need to understand a bigger thing that's happening here. And he was trying to get them to understand that when he talked the language of the kingdom of God, of the principles of the kingdom of God, or the attitudes of the kingdom of God, what was happening, that when that registered in a lot of people's mind, it didn't sink in. They couldn't grasp what Jesus was talking about. Because their mindset was an old mindset that couldn't embrace the new things that Jesus was trying to bring to their understanding. So they got lost in the process and they started to argue about the law, the Jewish law. Well, the Jewish law says that we have to do this. And Jesus said, no, my my kingdom's a kingdom of grace, a revolution of love, and you're trying to take us back to rules and regulations. You need your mindset changed. So he didn't, argue with them about fasting, he took a big step back and said, no, there's a bigger thing happening here. You have to have a new wineskin mind and heart so that the new wine of God, the new things that God wanted to do would be able to be understood for a start and received into their minds, but then stay there. Stay there and there be lasting change. So Jesus amplified the the imagery and the language to invite a much profounder examination of the problem that he was facing. He was trying to teach people the good news of the kingdom of God, trying to get people to grasp this kingdom was breaking in to their lives, could change everything, and yet people were not necessarily getting hold of it. And he said yes because new wine only goes in new wineskins. You can't put the new thing that I've got and I'm trying to teach you and minister to you into your old head and your old heart, something has to be changed. New wine has to go into new wineskins. If there's going to be a paradigm shift in our head, something has to change that thinking. Some transaction has to happen to change us from a dark-minded logic to a light-minded kingdom logic. Something has to happen. And Jesus was trying to say, it's no good argument about fasting or whether we heal on Sunday. They're not the issues. The issues are your mind's not receiving the kingdom message. It's not resonating. It's not, the cogs aren't turning. It's a bit like Mark when he used to do maths at school. I could never understand fractions, never. And the maths teacher would go over it and over it and over it. Maybe for an instant I got it and come back to school the next day. No, don't get it. So I failed maths. No, actually, I cheated on my exam. So I passed. So. That's more the truth. But, I, but you know how frustrating it is when you don't get something. And that's what was happening. Jesus was saying you're not getting the message. It's not because I need to educate you more. It's not because I need to give you more sermons on Sunday. It's not because you need to download more podcasts. It's because your mind, where you're trying to put the message in, is not fit to receive the message. So this has to be transformed. So when the new wine, when the message comes, ah, I get that. But they weren't getting it. Why? Because their head wasn't right. And that's why Jesus said you need to be born again. You need to be transformed. There has to be a a, a transaction with God where God takes that old, crusty, dry, self-centered, self-seeking heart, and he breaks that and he gives you a heart of flesh, a heart of forgiveness, a heart of love. See the change? Same with your mindset. Why is it that you can talk to people about the kingdom of God? And for you and me, it just seems so obvious. We know God is God. We know Jesus came and he's the son of God. You talk to other people, it's like, they just don't get it. Why? Because their mind is darkened. And so something has to change that darkness, change that to bring light. And only God can do that. And that's what Jesus was saying. It's not an argument about fasting. It's not an argument about whether I heal someone on a Sunday. It's kingdom logic only registers in a kingdom mind. And Jesus wanted that that change to happen. So he said, you can't put um, an old patch on a new piece of cloth. It will rip, it will tear. The two won't mold together. And you can't put wine into a wineskin. Brad, can you find that picture? There's a wineskin there. Thanks, mate. Let me explain this to you, then you'll understand what Jesus was saying. A wineskin was a goat skin. They would skin the goat, right? And then they would tie up his legs where his legs used to stick out. They'd tie that up, then they'd tie up his bottom hole, and then his, the neck would be the spout. And what they would do was they would take the wine, they would crush the grapes, and it would begin to ferment. And in the first 24 to 48 hours of that of that crushed grape process, the fermentation was rapid and radical. So it was bubbling away, gases coming off as the chemical reaction happened. But they can't, they're can't; they not going to keep it in a vat. They need to take it to their home or wherever they were going to transport the wine, so they had to have something to move it in. So they used wineskins. But the wineskin had to be a new wineskin, and there was a very special purpose. Why? Because over time the tanning process where they would rub back the, the fat off the, off the goat would begin to go hard. Now, the best way I can explain it to you is have you ever washed your car with a chamois and then you've left it and it's dried out and it's gone all crinkly and brittle. Okay, That's exactly like a wineskin. New wine has to go in a new wineskin because new wine is still fermenting it's still bubbling away. It's still gaseous and it's still expanding. There's, there's air expanding around the fermenting wine. And if you put it in a wineskin that's old, that's rigid and won't bend, it'll split. You'll lose the wine. And Jesus was saying, that's what's happening. I'm telling you new things. I'm giving you new concepts. I'm asking you to have a new perspective on life. But it's like me putting wine into an old wineskin. It's just splitting and running out. You dumb Pharisees. You don't get it. You're the religious leaders. You know the whole Bible back the front. And I'm telling you the good news of God and it's just spilling out. You're not getting it. Your mindset's not right. And he wasn't berating them. He was just trying to explain that there needed to be a transaction happen where God touched them so that that education, so that that information would be understood and received and lives would be transformed. So Jesus could have stood there and argued with them till he went purple it wouldn't have made any difference because the revelation couldn't come. The enlightenment of God couldn't change their minds. Thanks, Brad. you have to work your way back. So Jesus highlighted that a kingdom mindset would require a transformed mentality, a different frame of mind that was capable of receiving, understanding and retaining kingdom logic. So Jesus was saying, my kingdom, me, Jesus, and my kingdom, is like new wine. It's all new. Everything about it, new approaches to things, new values, new traditions, new belief structures, new philosophy, new way of thinking about yourself, new way of thinking about each other. It's all new. And yet I'm trying to shove it in this old thing. It doesn't work. It's not working. Something has to change. So kingdom thinking can't be put into an old mindset because it wouldn't be pliable enough. It wouldn't mould and shape to the new message. It would be stuck in religion or stuck in rules or stuck in bad thinking behaviours and and bad patterning of behaviour. Let me give you an example. Have you ever known a Christian who gets into conversation with you and the language that comes out is, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel worthy. Uh, God doesn't love me anymore or something. Think about that. That's like putting the new message of God into an old wineskin and the proof is that it's running out. The message is that you are incredibly special in the kingdom of God. We all are. So how can we end up thinking I've got no value? It's because this thing in here isn't processing the information, right? It's darkened instead of enlightened to the truth that God has given us. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. New wine has to go into new wineskins. Now, he was having a go at the Pharisees, the religious leaders and rulers of the day, the people that actually held on to the word of God. They knew everything about it, yet they didn't know anything about it. Can you see the foolishness of what was happening? And Jesus was trying to say, no, you've missed the point. And the danger is that you and I can become very much like the Pharisees because we've had years and years and years of traditions now built up. I was thinking the other day, I've been a Christian for 20 years. That means, okay, if I went to church 47 out of the 52 weeks a year, that's 47 times, you know, 20. That's a lot of sermons I've heard. It's a lot of information. And if that information hasn't, you know, birthed transformation, it's not the message that's wrong. It's what's in here and in here. that That's, that's not right because it's not appropriating what's going on that's what Jesus was trying to say thanks Brad so Jesus wants to pour new wine into all our lives I'm guaranteed of that absolutely guaranteed you can get a whip and flog me I'd still be saying that God wants to do new things in all our lives in every area of our life God's got more for us more for us to do, more for us to learn, more change to happen, better marriages, better parenting, better, you know, everything. God's got more. There's always more. There's new stuff flowing from God all the time. The wine never stops flowing. There's always new things in God, and he wants us to take on those new things, fresh thinking, fresh attitudes, fresh vision, fresh hope, fresh vigor. God doesn't want us singing the same old hymns that we sang 100 years ago, not because there's anything wrong with the hymns, but God's doing a new thing all the time. There's always new things being birthed. That's why people are writing new songs. That's why new books being written. And there's this freshness in God that he wants us to have, fresh vigor into our mind And to get it set. He wants it set in our minds so that we have a mindset. That's why we use the word mindset, because our minds get set on the right things, not set on the wrong things. And that's what Jesus was asking these people to understand. Let's not argue about fasting. Let's look at the bigger picture. God wants to break in and God wants to break through. And God wants a vessel, a receptacle, somebody out there. Who wants new wine? And we all go, we want new wine. And Jesus said, well, what's the point of pouring it into you if you're going to leak out? Oh, but I'll come back next Sunday and ask for more prayer. But I haven't changed. Next Sunday I'm back again. I need new wine. Yes, we need the new wine. But we need to flip the whole process around and say, actually, I need to work on my head and my heart before I ask for the new wine. Otherwise it's just going to spill out anywhere. I'm going to be le- leaky vessels. So, God wants to touch us. He doesn't want us to be stale. He wants us to be alive and vibrant and fresh in all that we do. But that takes a certain type of thinking, doesn't it? You can turn up here today. Oh, well, I'm at church. It's nice songs. John's singing well. That's good. There's a few nice looking girls here. That's good. You know, that could be your attitude if you come to church. Or your attitude could be a mindset that says, I'm coming to meet with God. I'm coming to meet the King of Kings of Lord. I expect God to meet with me. And it's not just about being here. It's, it's a mindset that says, everywhere I go, everything I'm involved in, I've got the King of Kings and Lord of Lords living in me, so therefore my life should be pretty radical. That's what Jesus was trying to get these people not to argue about, oh, do we fast on this day or that day or can I heal on this day or that day? They'd missed the point. It was a much bigger thing. Jesus was saying, I'm going to get your mind and I'm going to blow it away and I'm going to get your heart. I'm going to radically transform it. I'm going to turn you into someone so wonderful and you're going to love the things that I do, but you've got to have right thinking and you've got to have an open heart. And he was challenging them on that point. So Jesus wants to pour new wine into our inner being. He wants to change us. He wants to change our marriages. He wants to change our parenting. He wants to change our family dynamics. He wants to come wherever there's stale, broken things that are wrong. And he wants to bring new wine. He wants to make it right. He wants to pour the goodness into us that only God can give. He well, wants our ministries not to be the same old thing. He doesn't want Mark rehashing the same old sermons that he did 40 years ago. Well, it's not quite that. <laughs> it's getting there. <laughs> but do you get the point? There's a freshness in God. And when the Spirit of God is moving and you know that that freshness is there, it's incredible. When you try to rehash last year's stuff in God, it just doesn't work. It's got to be new. Thanks, Brad. No, that's the right So what's wrong with the picture? Putting the cart before the horse. That's what we do (laughs) in Christian circles. We put the cart before the horse. We should be getting our head and our heart right before God before we start asking for the new wine, the new things God wants us to do. And Jesus said that. He said, repent, change your mind, have the transaction with God so that The kingdom of God can come and you can receive the kingdom and you can live the kingdom. You can breathe it, talk it. You know, that was the message. But the problem was people weren't getting it because they hadn't had that head and heart transaction with God. So kingdom ideas, kingdom values, kingdom principles can't be poured into a rigid, unyielding, clogged up, congested, worried, stale mind frame. That thinks more about the world than it does about godly things. Jesus was saying you can't transform the old wineskin. The old wineskin's got to be done away with. It's useless. You couldn't get the old wineskin and rework it. You just had to chuck it on the garbage heap. Jesus wanted to give you a new wine skin, totally new. So he doesn't want to take our old mind and, and and turn, you know, do a work on that. He wants to give us a brand new mindset, the mind of Christ. He wants to take our heart and radically transform it so we have the heart of God. And if we've got the heart of God and we've got a mind that's open to the things of the Spirit, then when the Holy Spirit speaks or the Holy Spirit moves, it registers the right way in us because we've been been aligned with God. Am I making sense or am I not making sense? If our heads have not been touched by the Spirit of God, if our minds have not been transformed, by the power of the Holy Spirit, then the things of God will always leak out. We might grasp them in the moment. We might hold on to them for a week, but in the end they will, they will break out because the old wineskin won't hold them. There's not enough room for everything God wants to give us. So we have to have new minds. That's what the Bible says. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But I can't renew your mind. I could sit here today. We could sit here for the next 10 years and I could teach you everything I know about God, but that would not guarantee that you're going to change. Case in point, Pharisees, they knew everything. They kept coming to Jesus. But what about this bit? What about this Well, We know about this bit. What about this? But do you see, they didn't have the mind and the heart. They had, they had the information. So, it wasn't just a matter of, it's not just a matter of educating people, it's having God touch you so that when that education comes, it's fresh from God and it changes your world. It's not a concept you have to wrestle with, it's not things that you have to work through. You just get them because God's already prepared you to get them. And that's what he was asking the Pharisees to do. So, a new wineskin has to be birthed, which is an exclusive work of the Holy Spirit. I can't do it. I can't change your mind. I can't transform the inner workings of your head to think like the kingdom of God. Only God can do that. I can't change your heart. I can tell you stories. I can teach you biblical principles. But I can't physically touch inside you and make you change. Only the spirit of God can do that. What did Jesus say to Nicodemus? Nicodemus was a a religious ruler. One of the very first... Men who were starting to think, hmm, there's more about Jesus than him just being a normal guy. This, is, this could be God. And he went and said, Lord, I can see that you're different. What, what have I got to do? How does this all work out? And Jesus said, you must be born again. What did he mean? You need a new head and a new heart. Because if you get the heart that God gives you and the head that God gives you, you'll understand the rest. And, and we've put the horse before the cart. We keep giving people information and information and information. We go, why aren't they getting it? Why aren't they getting it? Because we need to say, no, you need a transformed mind and you need a transformed heart. Then the information, the new wine, can come. We've got the horse before the cart. Probably because when we become Christians, we don't make sure that people are filled with the spirit of God we don't make sure that the you know the transaction is done in God and that there is that reworking and we all we do is just say come into the club join the family but we haven't got to the root cause which is what Jesus was saying the root cause problem is that your head's not screwed on properly (laughs) in a nice way that's what he was trying to say you've still got an old wineskin head and that new old, old wineskin head has to replace with a new wineskin. Then God can pour it out. And then we'll receive it and we'll understand it and we'll live it. And we won't have to keep coming back and back. And we won't argue about, you know, laws like fasting or things like that. So we must recognize we need new wine. You can't live on yesterday's manna. You can't live on the glory of what happened in church 20 years ago. Even what happened last Sunday is not of any relevance anymore. It's in the here and now today. What is God saying to you and me today? I believe when you come here, I don't do all this preparation just to have a fuzzy time. I do all this preparation because I hope in the midst of what I'm trying to communicate that the Holy Spirit grabs hold of that and he goes, Melissa, this is that bit of what Mark said that I want you to learn. and This is the bit I want you to learn. This is the bit that I want Joe to learn. And so out of that, we are all growing and edified and moving in God. That's the idea. So if we're going to rediscover the kingdom of God, if we're really going to say, yes, I want to be a kingdom person, I want to have kingdom power, I want to have kingdom authority, I want to know that every step that I take, I can take the kingdom of God and if I walk into a situation I can think like Jesus would think, I will behave like Jesus would think, then you're not telling me we need our heads changed and our hearts changed? Yes, we do. We need it from the very beginning. We need a radical transformation a new birth, we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because it's his work. And once we've got that foundation, then God can keep pouring new wine in all the time because the new wineskin's been created within us. If we don't have that new wineskin, we're gone. We're going to try and educate our way to God or we're going to try and effort our way to God when all we've really got to do is say, Lord, transform my mind. And transform my heart so that I'm just like you. And he'll do it. Then when you hear a sermon, it will hear radically differently. Because your mind is enlightened and your heart is a good receptor. It's ready to receive. Guard your heart is the wellspring of life. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What, just once? Be transformed all the time. So... We should be asking, Lord, keep changing my mindset. Keep transforming my headspace so that it thinks more like you. And as God does that work, then the education we receive and the words that we see from God will have much more meaning and much more power. Thanks, Brad. Strip yourselves of your former nature, the old wineskin. Put off and discard your old, unrenewed self, which characterised your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusion, and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude, and put on the new nature, the regenerated self, the mind that has been transformed, the heart that's been transformed, created in God's image in true righteousness and holiness. Only God can do the regeneration. We can talk about the regeneration, we can look at the regeneration, we can map it out in a 55-week sermon series, but only God can do the regeneration. And I think when we think horse and cart, we would be much better spending our time allowing the Holy Spirit to change people's minds and hearts than we would be trying to tell people how to live their lives. We would be. You think of all the sermons that we've heard, yet nothing changes. Why? Because the old wineskins receiving the new wine and it's not working, it's breaking out. And if we could get more to God, change my mind, change my heart, Lord. Make me more like you. Make it ever new. Keep changing me. If that's our leading, then the rest will have much more foundation in our lives. So I want you to close your eyes this morning. And I want you to think about your mindset, the way that you think. If you are a worrier, if you are anxious, if you have a low self-esteem, if you think lowly of yourself, that's not kingdom thinking. So the new wine that Jesus came and said, do not worry do not do this, hasn't registered. If it had registered, you wouldn't think like that. And so what we're really ask, what I'm asking you to do today is every one of us struggles with things. There's no perfect person here today. There's some part of our mindset or some part of our heart that God wants to touch. It may be for the very first time today you need to give your life to Christ. You need to say, I don't think kingdom at all. I don't think about God. All I do is think about myself. Then God needs to do a work in your mind to transform you. Maybe you're a very selfish person and you've tried to change, but you just can't get there. Well, God needs to do a work in your heart. It's his work. It's just a question of whether we're willing to let God do it, whether we're willing to invite him in and change those areas of our life. You know, the scripture says wisdom is proved right by her actions. You, you, can, you can tell whether there's new wine in new wineskin because the fruit of that is freedom and liberty and growth and blessing. And you can tell whether new wine's been tried to put into an old wineskin because there is no fruit. It doesn't last. I think Jesus was trying to say to these people, let me touch you. Let my power touch you. Let my spirit transform you so that I can change your mindset. Stop struggling. Let me do it. Let me do the transaction. And so today I want to ask you, what do you need God to do in your mind or in your heart? I don't think there's any of us that can answer there's nothing God needs to do. We all need to grow in God. We all need transformed thinking. We all need more kingdom thinking. We all need our hearts to be more compassionate. The question is whether we're going to pursue God to allow him to do that in us Whether we're going to invite him to do that. Lord, would you just speak to each one of us today? like to do today is let God do what God does best. And if you would like the Lord to touch your mind today, then we'd love to pray for you that God would change your thinking. Could be thinking about your marriage. It could be thinking about your family. Could be thinking about work. It doesn't matter what area it is. Friends at school. But the Lord will show you. The Holy Spirit speaks if there's an area of your thinking that God wants to change then let him. And we will pray for a renewed mind and a new heart. But I believe as a church part of the shift that we need to make over this year is is yeah we still keep teaching but we need to open space for the Holy Spirit to do more of what he does better than what Mark could ever do or what anybody else could ever do. It's not just, it's not just giving the education, it's allowing God to transform us. And for those who would like that today, I believe God's going to meet us by doing a work in our mind that work might be to bring you to salvation because God illuminates your mind so that you can understand the things of God. That, that work that God does today might be to change your attitude towards yourself because you're beating yourself up. And God will do it. I'm confident of that. It's whether or not we're willing to say, Lord, do the transforming work. Maybe your heart's hard, maybe you've got bitterness in there, or maybe there's, there's something. The Lord will show you. He's always spoken and he always will because he's God and he knows everything. He'll, he'll, he'll keep revealing to us what he wants to work on. He'll keep revealing the new wine he wants to bring. The question is, are we ready to take it? And that's what I think the, the work that the Spirit of God wants to do within us is that he wants to keep changing our hearts and bringing us back to that real pliable, soft, gentle place where we are, we're just putty in the potter's hands. And he wants to take our minds that have gone dull or, have, or just been bruised and battered by wrong thinking and just break off, break off the things that are wrong. Rework the wiring so that the truth of God sticks there so that the mindset that we have is right and true and righteous and pure and noble. So today the transaction is really between you and God. Whether that's a heart transaction or whether that's a head transaction is really your decision with the Lord. I'm going to ask Cheryl to come and I'm going to ask her to pray over us corporately for our mindsets and our, and our heart condition. But then I want to give you the opportunity personally and individually just to come. You don't need to tell me or Cheryl anything. You can just say, I want you to pray about my, my mindset towards my family and, and we'll just let God do it. It's not rocket science. It's what the Spirit of God does so well. I believe there's someone here today that needs to give their life to Christ. You've been wrestling in your mind. And God wants to touch your mind so that you can receive the truth. The Bible says that the God of this age has blinded our minds so that those who are outside of Christ can't receive the truth. There's a blindness, spiritual, mental blindness there. And God wants to break that off you today so you can hear the word and receive the word of God. I want us to be a church that digs deep into scripture. But I want us to be a church where we see the spirit of God move and where we're hungry and we're thirsty for, for encountering God more and more. And I can't think of a better way to start than to say, Lord, change my mind and change my heart. So why don't we stand up this morning and I'll get Cheryl to pray. Thank you. I ask
1: the Lord to give us a... A fresh word for here today. This is not a word that was um, that was shared at Cornerstone. Like even though we are a family, I believe that the different gatherings of people need to hear a different word from the Lord. And even Mark's message, the way he's presented it here today, um, and what he's said today, I've heard both these messages, and it seems like even it's a new word. Even though it's the same words, it's presented a different way here. So I just want you to know that. So as I was sitting there, I'm saying, well, God, what do you, what, what do you want to say to the, to the people at Catalyst today? And so this is what the Lord says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? He says, I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Um, a song of praise to the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the ends of the earth. All who go down to the sea and all that is in it, the islands and all who live on them, the deserts and the towns raise their voices. Let the settlements near Catalyst live re- lives rejoice. Let the people of Catalyst sing for joy. Let them shout from the mountaintops. Let them give glory to the Lord and proclaim his praise and the Lord, he will march out like a mighty man, like a warrior. He will stir up his zeal with a shout. He will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. And then the Lord says, for a long time I've kept silent. I've been quiet and held myself back But now, like a woman in childbirth, he's saying to you, I'm going to cry out, I gasp and pant. I will lay waste the mountains and the hills and dry up all the vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. He's saying to you, to us, to me, I will lead you with the blind. I'll lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them. I will make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do, says the Lord, and I will not forsake them. And as I was reading that, I was like, well, Lord, what does that mean? And and I think God was saying there's some of us who, who do have rough places. There's rough places in our lives. There's rough places in our hearts, there's rough places in our minds. And God says, I'm going to turn it all into light and I'm going to make those rough places smooth. And he says to you and to me, he says, I will not forsake you. I will not forsake you. I have not left you. I am here for you. I will never, ever forsake you, says the Lord, if you just come to me and let me do that work in your life the father we do we praise you God we're going to declare that today I don't know whether we've had a
0: a praise
1: a heart of praise today but God we 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 choose now God to have a heart of praise to honour you, Father, to love you, to give you the honour and praise that you deserve, God. God. And I thank you for that word, Lord, and we want to take hold of that today, and we want to proclaim that. God, you say, I will never forsake you. And you tell us the new ways. Thank you for that word, God. Thank you that the new ways will come. God, we are seeking that. We want the new ways, God. We need the fresh ways, the fresh anointing, the freshness of your Holy Spirit, Father. You say, forget the former ways. And former means just before I even entered the door. God, yesterday's gone. It's the here and the now and what you want to do in our lives today, Father. And we want to be people that allow you to bring the fresh anointing, God, to bring the freshness of the Holy Spirit, to bring the new wine, Father God. I want that new wine, God. And I want to be that wineskin that we saw up there where it's it's new and it's supple and it stretches with your Holy Spirit, Father. Yes. You cannot pour into us your, the, the, the beautiful freshness of your Holy Spirit if it's going to crack and leak and, and go out. But God, we, want, we do want it to flow out of us, Lord, but not out of leaks and cracks in our in our lives, in our heart, in our minds. Father, we want the Spirit's anointing to come into our life so then it flows out freely, God, and then we can give out of what we have. Father, I often say to people, we cannot give away what we don't have. And God, we need it. We need more and more of you. Would you come today, God, And speak to us, Father. I pray for divine revelation, almighty God. The divine revelation would come to your people today, Father. Only your word can come and change the lives and the minds and the hearts of your people. Would you come and speak to each and every one of us, Father. Bring fresh revelation to us today, God, a fresh word from your very throne room, Father, that we would receive the word of the Lord today, God, because our ears and our heart would be open, Father, our minds, Father, we choose to have them renewed to be the mind of Christ, Father, our hearts to be supple to receive the new wine, pour it out into our hearts and our minds today, God. We're ready for it, Father, in Jesus' name.